have to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. He ties it at 62. Two seconds to go. Lavender, three-quarter court. And we're going to overtime. And welcome to the first ever episode of the Corner 3 Pod. I am Bud, and I am joined on the phone from Columbus, my guy Al. Al, let me just tell you, man, I've watched Glory Road. I've watched the highlights from Florida Gulf Coast and Georgetown. I'm uh, I'm ready for this time of year, Al. How about you? I think I'm with you on that, Bud. I think uh, there's been a lot of hype, you know, looking at looking at a couple teams. Now I'm just ready to watch some guys play. Al, this is the uh, this has got to be the second best time of the year. I think we all know what the best time of the year is. I think March is our is our favorite time of the year. But this uh this this November month, we're we're big college football fans too. So when we get that crossover with college basketball and college football, it's a really good time. We love our preseason tournaments from Maui to the Atlantis to all those little ones in Vegas. We love our preseason tournaments. So Al, just with this being our first episode, you know, just give. Give a little background info on yourself. I know you go to the University of Ohio State. So other than that, let our let our listeners know um, uh, a little bit about yourself. All right, guys. Uh, I'm Alex. I go to the Ohio State University. Let that be known for the record. There. Um, I am a future accountant. I'm a I'm a fifth year senior here at Ohio State. Victory lap. Whoop victory, whoop. Victory lap. Nothing wrong with that. And then uh, yeah, so back to Cleveland in December. I'm a uh, big college basketball fan obviously i'm making a podcast about it and uh yeah so that's about it i used to play basketball i was pretty bad at it but i like watching it a lot so you know that's where that's where i've come from yeah yeah you know i'm in the same boat so a little bit about myself i won't be as wordy as al because i'm embarrassed about my university and their college basketball team right now so i went to the university of wyoming i just want to gloss over that right now um (laughs) Other than that, my last time I played organized basketball, I think I was about 10 years old. So Al's got a couple years of experience on me. But, you know, I can play the occasional pickup game. I take charges in leisure ball. So, yeah, I'm pretty big deal out there. Um, but that being said, Al, with this being, you know, we got basketball on Tuesday. With this, with it opening on Tuesday, what's the mo- one thing you're most looking forward to for this upcoming season? Well, but I'm going to try to stay away from as much Ohio State basketball bias as I can. Thank you. Usually I would say, usually I would roll with the Buckeyes on this question. But just for the whole college basketball season, I'm interested in the new three-point line. It's uh, moving back to the international line this year rather than our old college line, which was about a foot back from just the high school line. Um, I'm interested to see if – I think players will generally – they will hit it at about the same clip uh, percentage-wise, but I think it'll spread the floor out a little bit more, and it'll allow the bigs down low to do a little bit more work, because it's like this past season, I saw a couple really good bigs, but they didn't get the the touches they need, because you can, if you're playing a guy in the wing, you can basically double-team the, uh, say, a center on the post really easily, so I'm seeing maybe if the big guy will make a big return to college basketball this year. Oh, you know, I, I, that's what I like to hear, Al. You know, I, I miss, you know, I don't want to put too much NBA stuff into this college pod, but, you know, I miss <laughs> I miss the bad boy Pistons, man. I miss when you could just throw it down there, you could just maul a guy, and it was all about paint touches and back to the basket. I love guys that can't score outside of eight feet. I mean, that's... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope we get a little more of that, but you, you say that likely that the players will adjust to it, and 
but will, will they shoot it at the same clip though? I mean, you said they'll shoot it, they'll make about the same number of percentage, but will they shoot it as often? I think maybe you'll see, I think, uh, well, when you're looking at guys like point guards, if we're talking about big time shooters like Marcus Howard or Miles Powell this year, they're going to shoot it probably more than they did last year. Uh, they're just going to keep moving back until someone just decides they don't want to guard them anymore. But I'm thinking maybe guys that are a little bit bigger, like say I saw Harms uh, from Purdue step out and shoot a couple last year. thinking maybe he might get away from that a little bit. So I think maybe percentage-wise for the guys that are really, I mean, just proficient shooters that are going to be NBA basketball players, you're just going to see more of it from just as much, maybe even more of it from them, just from the way basketball has been turning lately. But when you look at like centers that try to spread it out, uh, maybe not as much. You know, it, it should be criminal for a man like uh, Harms, who's seven three, and if he's shooting outside shots this upcoming year, Al, I uh, that's just why I don't watch a lot of Big Ten basketball. That's probably it right there. Well, I don't see why a seven three well, big guy should be pulling from deep. <laughs> well, but if he's seven three and he starts hitting them. He's the most unguardable player in the country. So I have no problem with The day him. Matt Harms becomes the most unguardable player in college basketball is the day <laughs> I turn on cricket. <laughs> I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if he can actually shoot it, that gives Purdue a little bit extra. You know, they lost a couple shooters this year, some of the best shooters in the country. So, you know, maybe maybe he could do something out there. <laughs> All right. You know, it's, I mean <laughs> – <laughs> Is that the only rule change? I know we had a couple other alterations. Is that the only rule change? Is like, do you like our shot clock still at 30? Do you like things like that? Do you want to see more changes in college basketball? Do you want to see that three-point line backed up even more? I think right now just the international line is fine, especially with I mean, having some of these guys play, like Colin Gillespie played this summer in like the pan pack games, and so he's shooting at the, the, college, or the international line there, so I see no problem with it. But then, uh, when it comes to the shot clocks, uh, I would say I, I want I want it at thirty. I don't think I don't think the major, a majority of people would agree with me. But I like to kind of like it slowed down. I like teams like Virginia. I like teams like Wisconsin and St. Mary's that really use the whole shot clock and make teams work on defense. It's just another aspect of college basketball that's a little bit different than the NBA. Well, you just gave a shout-out to the WCC, and it took you all six minutes to do that. I know, Al, see, just to give you a little background, since Al and I have known each other for quite a while, Al is a big, Big Ten guy. He loves the ACC. He loves your big-time college basketball, but Al loves him some uh, WCC basketball, 11 p.m. Eastern tips, you know, midweek, about Tuesday or Wednesday, watching some Pepperdine Gonzaga. That That's the stuff Al really lives for, isn't it, Al? Well, I'm all about that, and then the best part about it is you think your Saturday's over once that big game uh, turns off after, what, set that 7 or 8 o'clock game's done. But then, there you go, Gonzaga in some small looking like a high school gym on a on a Saturday night at about 11, I can go for that. No, it doesn't look like a high school gym, Al. They are high school gyms. When, when, you're, uh, when your wall behind the hoop is uh, less than 5 feet from the baseline, no, that is a high school gym. Yeah, when it when it seems less than Strongsville, which is where I went to school, yes, I would probably classify it as you know a high school gym that a lot better college basketball players are playing in. Okay, let's just get. Let, I mean, I'm just going to get a running tally going. So we've got Al. He's gotten his Strongsville shout out. He's gotten his WCC shout out. He's already talked about Ohio State at nauseum. So you're, you're running I'm at a good clip right now. You're, you're off and running. <laughs> just wait till we're going to go through the top 25 later. I'll talk about Ohio State then. You can you can mark it down then. I wouldn't say yet. Oh, goody. (laughs) 
Well, okay, so you're looking forward to the three-point line. Very uh, very political answer for you to give there. Well, I, well the, the thing I'm most looking forward to for this upcoming season would be your Virginia Cavaliers. I know you're a big Virginia guy. You love, you love you some Tony Bennett, and you love the Cavaliers. I'm interested to see Virginia, kind of this, this story they've been scribing for the past two years where two years ago they get their pants pulled down in the first round of the NCAA tournament by UMBC. The next year... They damn near lose to Gardner-Webb in the opening round until they, you know, kind of pick themselves up off the mat in the second half. And then All right, they, they lost the first 10 minutes of the game, or first 20 minutes of the game. The, the running Bulldogs of Gardner-Webb were running for 20 Wait, minutes Chris in Holtman, that game. Chris Holtman built that program. <laughs> I just wanted to get Gardner-Webb somehow in the segment, and I'm glad I was able to do that, so I got that. But anyways... <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Virginia, I mean, just a great story. Probably one day they'll make a movie out of this team. But I just want to see what they are in year three. I mean, what do you expect to see out of Virginia? You know, you lose, you lose your floor general and Kyle Guy, but they got some pieces coming back where they're going to be dangerous again. Yeah. Bud, you there? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Cut off there. Um, no, so I was – I think I'm, I'm interested in – I think they're going to be fine at the guard position. Ty Jerome really brought the, brought the ball up and kept them kind of settled down in big games, especially if you watched them in the tournament last year. He was their calming factor basically at all points. Wait, you're not giving a, you're not giving that to Kyle Guy? Well, Kyle Guy was more – I mean, he was the shooting guard and kind of took more of the shooting role. And, I mean, he was the leader of the team. But when it comes to settling the team down in big moments, it, it was Ty Jerome. He was the one bringing it up the floor and passing to Kyle Guy to get fouled in the corner to go to the free throw line and hit all three. Well, yeah, it's because Kyle Guy couldn't hit a jump shot. Yeah, he can hit a free throw, but he couldn't hit a jump shot in the tournament until against Oregon when he finally, I don't know, conjured something up within himself. He was god-awful through the first three games of that tournament. Yeah, first couple games he was off, but shooters go. I mean, it, it comes and goes. Defense travels, though, and that's what's awesome about Virginia. Uh, they will be good this year. I just don't know within the ACC because I think – I think, again, the ACC, I think we can both agree they were the best conference last year. I've got to believe they're going to be the best conference again this year. I just don't know if they have the scoring to be able to hang around with, you know, the Louisville's or the Dukes or the North Carolinas. But um, I think there's a couple guys on uh, Virginia that can step up. And then just on top of that, I think Tony Bennett, when it comes to just kind of bringing guys in and bring guys out, getting guys ready to play. I think he'll I think he'll have them ready to go. I think they're a solidified top five in the ACC. I don't know where within that top five they'll be. Yeah, I agree with you that the ACC is probably the best conference. I wonder what you'll say to this. I'd argue the Big 12 is the deepest conference. I don't have a problem with that because, I mean, when you look at the Big 12 every year, there's it's going to be eight teams. They're going to they're gonna get eight teams into the NCAA tournament. So I have no problem saying that. And really, there's no one you see on the schedule that it's like, okay, we got to win there. Like, I, like, it just. There's no yeah. Wake. You're saying there's no Wake Forest in the Big 12. There's no Wake Forest. Like, you look at the Big 10, there's no Ruckers. You know what I mean? It's. it's Whoa, whoa. No, taking a shot at the rack. Yikes. Ouch. Uh, there's not too much going on in. Uh, in Piscataway? You mean the birthplace Piscataway, of college football? Birthplace? Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, no. I haven't exactly looked into the team, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say they're not going to be that great again this year. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I, the Big 12, I would say, is, you know, I think there is a discernible gap between the ACC and everybody else. But I, if I were to pick 
the second strongest conference. And I would argue, like you just said, again, it's easier to have depth when you only have 10 teams. I mean, it's, <laughs> and, and the ACC has got what, 16 or 14 nowadays. I mean, it's just a, one of those mega conferences and you got a couple teams that you can just beat up on. But, and to that point, you know, the ACC is littered all over that preseason top 25 and Al, we're going to talk a little bit about the preseason top 25. We are talking about the AP poll. I'm all about my writers and I'm not about those coaches who have hidden agendas all those Big Ten coaches voting for one another to get more teams ranked inside the top 25. So I'm not about the coaches' poll. So we're going to look at the AP top 25. And right. give me some of your, I guess, without you know breaking down every team, give me some of maybe your highlights, maybe four or five things you saw within the preseason top 25 that you want to talk about or that, I don't know, surprised you, that, you know, just four or five things within the top 25 that caught your eye. I would say uh, the number one thing that caught my eye was having Louisville. They had Louisville at five, which to some people, after they got Chris Mack and everything like that, you might want to give them more than two years. I think they should be above that. They have possibly the number one player in the country coming back in Jordan Awara. And then they have a transfer from St. Joseph's, Lamar Kimball, who averaged almost 16 points per game last year. And Louisville, I mean, they're stacked, and I think Chris Mack is a fantastic coach. I think they should have been up a little bit, at least in the preseason poll, because it's like when you're looking at a preseason poll, you got to look at the guys that are coming back. Because we don't, yes, we know these some of these freshmen are going to be really good, but we do we know they're going to be just as good as two guys that have played four years of college basketball? They're top five, Al. What more do you want? I wanted, I wanted them up two, two or three, but I like where, I mean, I, obviously they wanted MSU, Kentucky, and kansas duke for that this first weekend of game whoa 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 are you saying there's something there's something in the cards about those two teams those four teams all being ranked in the top four i think it definitely there was there was something something along those lines i think if Louisville was playing in one of those games yeah i think they went, might be a little bit higher that's just me that's just me um all right moving on to uh to another another thing that stood out to me was uh kansas i like kansas a lot this year, even though there's a lot of a uh, lot of stuff rolling around in that uh, that program. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait, 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 we're talking about more than basketballs rolling around in that that program right now. I see. I'm not too. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say I'm ready to talk about what's going on there because I'm not exactly too educated on all of that, and there's really no evidence at all. But the NCAA doesn't have a they got a bone to pick with Kansas for right, like for right now. So I don't know what's going to happen, but for right now, I think Kansas with Devon Dotson and Yudoka Azubuki with a pretty solid freshman class coming in. I think they, I think they're probably. Uh, I'm not going to go there quite yet, but I think they're probably the best team in the country as of right now. Oh, okay, all right. So uh, aside from the. Uh the off-the-court antics that Al apparently as Ohio State education didn't educate him enough about the off-the-court antics at Kansas. He likes the Jayhawks as his quote-unquote best team. After we just got done talking up about Louisville, you like Kansas as your best team. Now we're going to get into our final four predictions coming up, but so I got on record that we love Louisville and we like Kansas. So, okay. All right. All right. Keep hitting me with some things. All right. Uh, and then since, I kind of skipped over Michigan State when we're talking about rankings. I'm going to actually skip down to Maryland. Uh, they have Anthony Collin coming back. That's going to lead that team. But I don't. I mean, I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be really good. But I think the big story is just Mark Turgeon just so desperately needs this team to be good. But <laughs> I mean, 
how many years? I mean, it's like it's every year they're just every at least every year they since they came to the Big Ten, they're either just what everyone said they were going to be, or just a little bit worse. And that was, I mean, it was kind of average. And last year, I thought they had some some talent to make it a couple rounds in the tournament, and they didn't. So I, I would say that Maryland team's something to look at in uh, in the Big Ten because I think. After Michigan State, Maryland, and my Buckeyes, there's a there's a decent drop off. So I think they have a chance to to win some games in the in the big time this year. Okay, all right. So all right. So we also we like ourselves some Mark Turgeon needing win. They always seem to be a team destined from that five to seven seed range. And like you said, they never really advance that far in the tournament. Mark Turgeon seems like he's constantly under fire over there. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, what are the expectations of Maryland basketball? As a program, yeah. Uh, see, that's the big question. It's like every single year he's got like a decent squad, and uh, they're like former ACC teams. So the Big Ten's like, oh, okay, that they could be solid. Like we got to watch out for them. But it's not really a team that really would worry you year in and year out. But I, I, it's just that's what I'm saying. Like Mark Turgeon, if he doesn't have another like good year, if he doesn't have a good year, like say this year goes, I mean, awry, like they lose. Say they lose, like, go on a losing streak of, like, four games or something like that. I, I think he's gone. You know what I mean? It could be could be riches in the sense that he has a really, really good year and then solidifies himself for the next five years, or it could go it could go really bad with the guys he has coming back. Is it even possible to lose four straight in the Big Ten this year? I mean, we've got, okay, one of your bell cows, and I know you won't like this, but you can at least admit it. One of the bell cows in Michigan is bringing in a new coaching regime, so God knows what they're going to be this upcoming year. I mean, can you even lose four straight in the Big Ten? How deep is your Big Ten, Al? I think it's a it's a little bit more deep than people are going to give it credit for. I think Illinois has a chance to be a pretty good. Whoa, 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 whoa! I I just had a flashback to two thousand four. Teams that are in the just talking about teams that are in the middle that you might not think about. You might not think about. I think Illinois can beat some people this year. I think there's a couple teams that aren't bad. I think Ohio State's good. I'm sure you disagree with me on that one. And then obviously you got, at the top, you got Michigan State, who's well, the number one team in the country, so they're pretty good, I would say. So, I, I think I think losing, I mean, that's what I'm saying. You lose four straight. Obviously, the guy's been there for forever, so it would have to take a lot for him to get fired, but I don't think, I don't think he's solely, like, just perfect. Like, he's, there, there's no way he, like, loses a job or anything like that. I think he could actually... Even with this really good team, if he doesn't do well, there could be, I mean, hot seat, big-time hot seat. For, for our boy Mark Turgeon, yeah, sorry, Mark. The Fighting Turtles over there, over there in Maryland, uh, hoping for hoping for a good year there. I mean, <laughs> I mean, preseason prognostics, you know, they should be, what, our second-best team in the Big Ten? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I would say so, yeah. I mean, just based on rankings, I think Ohio State has – probably a better squad. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. Mm -hmm. All right, um, another, (laughs) (laughs) sure, um, (laughs) since we talk, all right, so how about in that, you know, maybe in the latter half of the top 25, anything surprise you down there? Any team that was ranked maybe a little too low, maybe a little too high, down in that, maybe that 15 to 25 range that you were like, wow, I didn't think they were going to be that high? Uh, yeah, I think, I would say, uh, what was it, Memphis? What are they at, 14? Whoa, whoa. You, oh, you want to talk Tigers? Ooh, okay, all right. I think Memphis at 14, I I get it. I think I get the concerns with 
basically all freshmen. They could have a starting five of all 18-year-olds. Yes, and and a new coach. I mean, well, second-year coach. But I, I think James Wiseman's going to be damn near unstoppable, bud. So I, I like Memphis a lot. I thought they might have been ranked a little bit higher, but I can see where... I can see where the rankings had them at 14 rather than kind of jumping them up into like the 9, 10, 11, 12 range. All right. You know, I, I think the Memphis story is one of the most intriguing stories coming into this season. I, I just think that team, you know, like you said, it's a second-year head coach. It was a, it was a proud program in the Calipari years. It, it took it took a dip there. Who was our boy, Passner? Where is he at now, Georgia Tech? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay, so he's still over there. Yeah, it took a little dip when he was there, and now, you know, it's back on the uptick. Ed is going to be a fascinating story with how much talent on paper they have. I can't wait to see, you know, what, what they look like out on the court. I'll give you one team that you somehow failed to mention, and I, I think just because you think they're overrated as a football conference, you kind of just gloss over them in basketball as well. And I'm not talking about Kentucky here, Al. I'm talking about the Florida Gators – one of the biggest transfer news is news of the offseason was Terry Blackshear going to Florida, going to play for Mark White, joining a talented cast, a team that was a bubblicious team all of last year, but won seven of their final 11. And they've proven they can make deep tournament runs going all the way back to the Donovan years, but Mark White has also proven he's a damn good coach as well, taking them to the Elite Eight, what was it, about three years ago. Uh, I like Florida a lot. I like them to win the SEC. I like them better than Kentucky. Prove me wrong. I think I think Florida is very, very good, and I, I can definitely see where you're coming from for that. But I would still I would still go with Kentucky in the SEC. As much as I'm I'm not a huge Kentucky fan, but I think I like some of the guys they have on their team right now. Obviously, when you're talking Kentucky, I think we can both agree on this. You really have no idea what to think until you actually see them play. But they have a couple. I mean, Ashton Hagen's coming back. He's basically a lock as a starter. He's going to be kind of the engine that makes them go. He's their point guard. He just needs to shoot it a little better from three. And I think they have a shooting guard recruiting Tyrese Maxey, who I think is going to be really, really tough. He can really shoot it. I mean, I'm going strictly off highlights. So, that you know, you never know with that. But, I mean... He can really, really shoot it. I think Kentucky would edge out Florida, even though Florida's a pretty good team there in the SEC. And then one more team that, again, again, you, Al, with your Big Ten focus and you think the ACC and the world ends on the East Coast, you know, there's some late-night games, you know, that happen over there on the West Coast, and I'm not talking about your Gonzaga Bulldogs over there in the WCC. I'm talking about the Pac-12, and I'm talking about the best team in the Pac-12. Possibly they have the best coach not named coach k in the country and yes i did not stutter i know there are other guys out there but i think dana altman and the ducks dana altman always out coaches you and he's got a oh he's got a veteran backcourt your boy peyton pritchard who i know even though you don't observe the west coast as highly as you do the east coast you love you some peyton pritchard and they've got that's basically or oregon is basically mountain west conference transfer you they got a new mexico transfer coming in they got a couple other transfers coming in they got a big five-star guy coming in oregon is going to be kind of laying in the weeds all season just because of where they're located and when they play but they're 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 good what do you like out of the pac-12 do you like oregon as much as i do do you think they're the favorite in the pac-12 uh yeah i'd probably say oregon in the pac-12 uh 
I think they went through a little bit at the beginning of the season last year with, you know, Bull Bull getting hurt and everything like that. But now they have their solid squad. And, I mean, I think I think Peyton Pritchard is the, the player of the year in the Pac-12. Woo, so, woo. I, I'm I gonna... mean, his, his stats may not jump out at you, but he will, lead, he will lead that team, and I believe they will win the Pac-12, at least regular season title. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna one up you to see if I can get get one more thing out of you. Is Oregon the best team? Now this is gonna test your geographical knowledge. Is Oregon the best team west of the Rocky Mountains? Uh, you can you can ask uh, me dual degree in geography clarification if you have a geographical question. Don't ask me anything about basketball. I don't know how to make a ball bounce, but <laughs> okay. Give me a second. Give me a second. You know I'm really really bad geographically but i don't think so i think in zag is oh i knew he was gonna do it oh what do you like out of the zags 610 shooter on the outside i think they will be ready to go i think Gonzaga is a little bit better than oregon but all right all right all right that's good all right well after after a a short little break here we're gonna get back after it with our preseason final four predictions. We're going to give a Cinderella. We'll do some wagers for the week, player of the year stuff. Going to take a quick break right here. Be right back at you. All right, and we're back. And so we're about midway through. So to wrap up this first ever episode of Corner Pod 3, my name's Bud. My name's Bud with Al. We're going to give our, of course, ob- obligatory uh, Final Four predictions. But I'm going to do a little caveat, too. You have to give a Cinderella, and Al, that Cinderella cannot be named Gonzaga. That Cinderella cannot be ranked. So your Cinderella has to be something off the wall. I'm not saying they have to make the Final Four. I'm talking about Cinderella, second-week okay, so potential. Pick, pick Final Four and then pick a Cinderella. Yeah, some team that, you know, off the wall that not a lot of people, you know, I mean, well, people might know about them, but that could make the second week in a tournament. So, Al, give me your Final Four, and then give me that one Cinderella. All right. How about I give you my Final Four, you give me your Final Four, then we do Cinderella's. Because, you know, I don't want to, you know. You don't want to tip your hand too much. All right, that's yeah, fair. That's fair. Everything. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, your back got to be sore. You've been carrying this episode the whole way. Yeah, I give you that. All right, hit me. All right, so I mentioned two of these teams earlier, and we mentioned Virginia earlier. So Virginia is one of them. I think Virginia <laughs> in the tournament this next year. I think they're going to prove to everyone. I think Tony Bennett's going to prove to everyone that he is the number one coach in college basketball. And then other teams. All right, Kansas. We mentioned them earlier. I like them a lot, even if they, you know, win it and. Uh, you know, eventually just give up that national title. Well, all those distractions, all those things rolling around that aren't basketballs, you think those aren't distractions enough to keep them from the Final Four? Uh, I think I think Yudoka Azubuki in the paint, I don't think he's going to be distracted by much. I think he's just going to go through anything in front of him. Um, and then another team I'm interested in, I think that could do something, is Louisville. I talked about them earlier. Boy, my God! It seems like we're—it seems like we're on repeat right now. I'm just rewinding the first part of the episode. Uh, yeah, I know. I—I I don't really have much else to say. Jordan Ward, Chris Mack can't, can't beat him. And then finally, uh, I'm a little chalky, but I, I had Virginia, which is like what slightly outside of the top ten. And then uh, I have Michigan State. Uh, God, that is chalky. They, wow, that I is think chalky. Once they get—it's a preseason. Come on, I can't. You can't. I can't. I'm pulling from like the top fifty. Um, <laughs> to, to hold my beer, Al. I'll, I'll help you out. I'll show you the way. <laughs> so for Michigan State, I think they might go through a little some growing pains early on when they do not have Josh Langford. I think he will be what makes them 
the number one team in the country. But for right now, I think Cassius Winston will obviously more than keep them afloat. I think they'll be really good until they get Langford back. All right. So, uh, yeah, that was real chalky. That was real boring. I damn near fell, I damn near fell asleep during that segment. Um, well, my final four predictions. Let's start from the top. I told you I love the Gators, and I love the Gators. Going to the Final Four. Love Kerry Blackshear. Love what he did at Virginia Tech. Coming into Florida. Coming into a talented Florida roster. I like the Gators going to the Final Four. I've already told you again. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, this is this is pretty much a rewind. Because I do like Oregon a lot, too. I like Dan Oldman. I think he always outcoaches you. Um, I also like, and bite your tongue, I like Utah State. As a Final Four contender, they're in the preseason top 25. That's not outrageous to think that they can make the Final Four. Merrill is one of the best players nobody knows about because he plays in the Mountain West. He plays in Logan, Utah. They've got one of the best home court advantages. But but you're not going to have that home court advantage when you're playing in the tournament. I understand that, but he's going to put up 30 wins in a down Mountain West conference. So, yeah, I think Utah State is a Final Four contender. And I'm picking him in my Final Four, all right? You just – you pipe down over there, all right? Just, yeah, just take your chalk. Just take your chalk and just go sit over in the corner, all right? Because this is my time now. This is my final four. All right, go ahead, go ahead. And my fourth and final one is my Big 12 favorite Baylor Bears. Okay. So, we didn't talk much about Baylor. What do you like about Baylor, bud? I like Scott Drew. Really no, yeah. I mean, that's really all you need to say. You like that zone, though? Oh, dude, I love the 2 3 zone. It is the best 2 3 zone not named Syracuse. Yeah, I was about to say, let's not take things too far here. I thought you were going to take it a little too far and say it was better than Syracuse. Well, okay. well, okay, but if, but okay, but if, uh, if my memory serves me correct, those, both those matching 2 3 zones met each other in last year's tournament, and Baylor had their way with Syracuse. Yeah, well. If you look at the past, I think Syracuse might have gotten uh, Baylor at once or twice. You know, I'm not going to type that into Google right now, but I'm sure I could come up with that. Boy, not even doing your homework. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, and okay. we let them on this. Un- unbelievable. I don't even know why we do this. All right. Well, anyways, I'll give you my one. I'll give you my one Cinderella now. Probably the team I did the most research on. The University of South Alabama with one of the greatest acronyms in college basketball, if not the greatest acronym, because yes, University of South Alabama, USA. <laughs> the Jaguars, coached by Rich Riley, who re, who turned around Nichols State. Now, again, no one knows about Nichols State down in Thibodeau, Louisiana. A little shout out for them in this episode as well. He rebuilt Nichols State, didn't take them to the tournament or anything like that, but they were a doormat in the Southland. And when you're a doormat in the Southland, you are the you are the doormat that goes under other doormats. That's how bad you are. So he revised Nichols State. And then he gets the job at South Alabama. Now, he's got a big-time transfer coming in from Cal. Got a big-time transfer coming in from Florida. Got a big-time transfer coming in from High Point. South Alabama is not only going to breeze through the Sun Belt, which no longer has our boy. Oh, Al, help me out on this. Who's our guy? Ron Hunter. Ron Hunter has since departed from our Georgia State. I want to call him the Panthers. I hope that's right. He's now in two lanes. So the Sun Belt is now looking for its new bell cow. And its new bell cow is none other than South Alabama. They have second weekend potential in the NCAA tournament. They breeze through the Sun Belt. That's your Cinderella, Al. The Jaguars out of Mobile, Alabama. All right. Well, I like that. I like that. I, I will I will admit that, Bud, you have a clear upper hand when we're talking about, uh, you know, Cinderella's and 
known about certain teams that maybe some people in the country don't respect as much as they should. Got that right. Um, mine is actually, it's not a it's not a huge Cinderella to maybe win one game, but I think they could win a couple in the tournament. It would be Davidson. Ooh. I like Kellen Grady is one of my players to watch this year. A 6'5 junior that can absolutely fill it up from outside. He's not Steph Curry. He doesn't dribble around and shoot from 40. But, man, can he shoot the basketball. But they're a fun team. I think they're going to be pretty – they are really young last year, and they lost a couple games that were really, really tight. I think they win those games this year. I think they won't I, – I don't know if they'll win their conference, but I think they will at least get an at-large bid just from winning just a, a slew of games here early on. And I, I like uh, I like Helen Grady and Davidson to win a couple games in the NCAA tournament. You know the you know you bring up the A10. The A10s I, I would say it's basically the East Coast equivalent to the Mountain West. I mean they're having a, a, a they're having a challenge starting next year. My Pokes take on Duquesne, so just circle that on your calendar for next year. Um, oh, guess, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're welcome okay. for that insider info. Anyways, um, the A10. Yeah, no, I think like you said, it's a deep conference. You're going to take some losses. There's some really cool small home court advantages, and that's a deep conference. You're right. They don't have to win that conference tournament to make the dance. They can definitely make it as an at large, as a you know a nine, ten, eleven seed. And you're right. They can do some damage. Absolutely. So now moving on to our next portion, we're talking about you know our preseason player of the year. Um, now I know who you like, so I'm going to go first because you've already mentioned him once. And I think he's going to lead his team to a conference crown. And yes, that, that's a conference that includes Villanova. I will go with Miles Powell at Seton Hall, the guy that can just flat out fill it up from anywhere, can shoot it from anywhere. He can penetrate, he can drive. I like Miles Powell as my preseason player of the year, averaged north of 21 points per game last year, four assists, four rebounds. That's my preseason player of the year. Who do you have as your preseason player of the year? Uh, mine, actually, kind of almost along the same lines, a guy that can really fill it up from outside, uh, Marcus Howard. He's, I know he's he came back to Marquette, and the Hauser brothers just departed right. Really weird, because Marquette was going to be preseason top 10. And that's, I mean, that that was why Marcus Howard started getting catching a little slack from that. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? He was really, really good last year. He can, I mean, he can shoot from anywhere. He will probably be a first-round pick in the NBA draft, maybe a second-round, early second-rounder. He can shoot from anywhere, and he's going to be shooting a couple more times this year. He doesn't <laughs> have two brothers there. So I don't know if Marquette's going to be great. I think they're going to be a bubble team, and I think Marcus Howard will carry the load for that bubble team. Um, basically, all the, I'm just ridiculous numbers i think coming from him this year sure and, and as al already gassed me up uh, a couple minutes ago i am a big mid, mid-major basketball guy um so this ne- next segment al can al can chime in if he wants to but i'm gonna give you give y'all a little background info me and al have been big fans of nate walters over the year out of south dakota state go jacks been a big <laughs> mike dom guy over the year out of south dakota state go jacks <laughs> We always like ourselves some some big time mid major players. Um, there's a mid major place so I was looking because I was like, who's going to fill this void in my life? That Mike Dom. Mike Dom has been there for me. He's been my safety net where I can always say, oh, it's Thursday night. Let me look and see how South Dakota State did. Let me see how many points Mike Dom put up. Oh, he put up 32, 14, and six. Oh, that's kind of cool. So I'm, tr- I'm trying to find that player for this year. 
and I got I got my guy. So he's he's out of Hampton. He's a pirate. His name is Jermaine Morrow. He was he's in terms of returning scores, he's the second leading returning scorer in the country, only behind our freshman Antony Wright. I want to say out of Detroit. But Jermaine Morrow is more of a well-rounded player over there for the Pirates out of Howard. Averages 24 points a game, five assists, four rebounds. I love me some Jermaine Morrow. I'm going to be looking closely at Hampton all season and uh, because of my boy Jermaine. Is there any mid-major guy, off-the-wall guy, you may have already mentioned him with Davidson, that you really like going into this season? Yeah, I was about to say, I kind of showed my hand when I was talking about Davidson, I'm so pumped about that team. Kellen Grady is my guy mid-major this year. There's a couple other guys uh, that I'm interested in. I think Kelly and Tilly over at Gonzaga could have a really, really good Gonzaga's not a mid-major, Al. You can't keep doing that. They are a mid-major. They're not a, just because they're in the WCC doesn't make them a mid-major. They are a perennial powerhouse for the past 15 years. They are no longer mid-major, so you cannot. This is the last time you will ever mention <laughs> Gonzaga in a mid-major breath again. You are doing a disservice to all mid-majors. All right, I'll stick with Kellen Grady then. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I have no problem sticking with Kellen Grady. That was my, my number one pick anyway. All right, good, good. All right. And then, you know, one thing that we're going to do, so this is something fun we're going to do weekly on this podcast. We're calling them our wagers for the week. And we're going to be picking five marquee games being played anywhere from Monday through Saturday since college basketball is not as, you know, neat as college football where everybody plays usually Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. College basketball, you're playing anywhere from Monday. You could even be playing on Sunday, I guess, if you're the Ivy League. But, yeah, so we're going to pick five marquee matchups every week. We're going to pick one because, of course, me being the mid-major guy that I am, we're going to pick one off-the-wall game, just a random mid-major basketball game. And we're going to tally these up at the end of the year. And the person who has the most wins at the end of the year is going to have to lose some sort of wager. We're not wagering money on this because that's just too easy. And, you know, we're not all about money on this podcast. So, Al, if I win wagers of the week at the end of the year, this will be a regular season bet. You have to pick a Mountain West Conference team of your choice and pick them to the final four of your bracket. Holy moly. The Mountain West, which is perennially absolutely atrocious when it comes to the month of March. I mean. You get screwed by him every year, bud. <laughs> and, and welcome, and in two, and in four months, welcome to my world, Al. Oh man, that is, I do not like that at all. I'm giving you—you you can pick whoever you want. You can pick San Diego State. You can pick Utah State. Those will be the only two teams there, so you can pick between one of those. <laughs> what are the other teams? Do you think the folks are going to jump in? No, 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 no. I don't want to. No, don't, don't bring them up. Don't, don't you ever bring them up again. We told we told ourselves we would not swear on this podcast. So you watch your mouth. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. So, Bud, if uh, since that's bad, I thought it was going to be a lot. I mean, I thought it was going to be a lot better than that. But okay, that sucks. Um, <laughs> if I had mine, I feel like I didn't. I did a disservice. But okay, all right. So. But if, obviously, anyone that's listening, Bud and I are cousins, so Bud and I will be around for, uh, well, you know, be around Ohio in general. So the deal I was going to make with Bud was he will have to wear an Ohio State Buckeyes ball cap for 
a full weekend, and he's got to he's got to hit the bars or something. He's got to show himself. He's got and then the the big kicker is on Sunday he's got to post an Instagram. Picture. No, 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 I don't want. That. I just wanted to be unassuming at a bar. <laughs> no, then you gotta you gotta you gotta post the thing. No, you can be, you can try to hide it. You can get like a big group of people and take the picture with the. Oh boy, on. taking a group with a group photo with a bunch of Buckeyes. That sounds like a great use of a Saturday. Oh boy. Just, just, just hope that no one notices, but it has to happen. That, oh. is, that is my one. Wait, is the hat provided to me? Yeah, I mean, I got plenty, bud. Is it fitted? Yeah. Uh, good, because I only wear fitted hats. I got a big head, though, so maybe we we'll have to use one of Timmy's. Oh, I guess, I, just can't, I, just, I guess I'll just have to win wagers of the week. Oh, well. Pass. I think I'm winning this one. Well, anyways, well, well, since since we're talking about wages of the week, we got our first week of wages of the week. So, all right, we're gonna go back and forth. So you're gonna pick the first one, Al. We got number three Kansas against number four Duke. Who you got? I think from what I've been saying earlier, I think it's pretty obvious. I got Kansas in this one. All right. See, I I like the Jayhawks too. Duke's got. I mean, their their entire team was gutted by the draft. I, too many new faces. I got Kansas in that one, too. Our next game that we're picking is St. Mary's and Wisconsin. Number 20, St. Mary's taking on Wisconsin. And you know darn well I won't be picking the Big Ten. And that sure as hell won't be picking the Big Ten, especially if they're the underdog in this game. So give me the Gales out of Mirage, California. I got St. Mary's like, in that one. Who you got? I like, obviously, I got Wisconsin. I like I like the way this one's shaking out, though, because I get the Badgers and that's, I'm fine with that. That's going to be a fun game to watch. It's going to be slow. It's going to be real slow. Oh, love I mean, it, dude. Oh, oh, oh. I wish we could have a 35-second shot clock back just for that game. Oh, uh, oh. And, but if they, if they did that, I literally think the game might be played in the low 40s. <laughs> First one to 45 wins. Oh, those were great years for Wyoming. <laughs> All right, next game up. And uh, so this is back to you, Al. We got number one Michigan State taking on number two Kentucky. Michigan State a little banged up coming into this one. Yeah, actually, uh, I'm actually picking. I'm cheering for Michigan State in this one, but I'm picking uh, Kentucky to win that one. Yeah, I like Kentucky too. Uh, yeah, I, I just. I think Mich- I don't think Michigan. It's the it's the normal Tom Green thing. Uh, not Tom Green. Whoa. 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 Sorry, that one. Slipped. I don't know what happened there. Um, normal Tom is a thing to kind of start a little bit slow, play a really tough tough schedule at the beginning and be a little banged up and then he'll come banging through in the tournament and make another final four i think I yeah to that point i think if that game is played in march i think i pick michigan state assuming both teams are healthy yeah, and in this yeah, one i'm on the same boat as you i'm picking the wildcats in that one as well we got an interesting matchup here we got your number 11 virginia cavaliers taking on syracuse up in the carrier dome unranked syracuse mind you and in this one I'm going with, yeah, I'm going to go Virginia. I'm going a little chalk here. I can't risk uh, wearing an Ohio State hat, so I am going with Cavaliers, even on the road, against that 2-3 zone up there in the Carrier Dome. Who you got? I I also like Virginia as well. I can't. I I, I think Syracuse is going to give them a lot of trouble, but I think Virginia would. I think they're probably going to find a way to win that one. Okay. All right. And then, Al, since, you know, again, you struggle, the further we move west, the more you kind of flounder in these things. We're going to go west of the Mississippi River. That basically separates the country in half, for better or worse. We're going to go Baylor taking on unranked Washington, number 16 Baylor taking on Washington. And in true fashion, you get to pick this one first. I am intrigued as who as to whom you are going to pick in this one. I, I wanted so bad to pick Washington. But 
after hearing what I have to do if I lose, I think I'm going to go chalk to take Baylor in this one. Ooh, okay. All right. All right. You know, I got I got the Bears. I love I love me some Scott Drew. I think the Bears might win win the Big 12 and and no, I did not stutter. You know what team we didn't mention in this and I don't want to get into it now. We'll have to get into it some other time. We didn't even mention the national runner-ups in Texas Tech at all in this episode. That's a disservice. We love you over yeah. there in Lubbock, Texas. We love you. We love you, Chris Beard. Yeah, I think I think they'll have a solid season. I think they'll be towards the top of the uh, the Big Twelve. I don't think they'll have any problems making the tournament as like what a four or five and being a pretty solid team this year. Yeah. And then our final pick, as I said, we do an off the wall pick and this one this I got the I got the choice this week. Al will have the choice next week of our off the wall selection. We've got Samford, the Samford Bulldogs. No, I did not say Stanford. I said Samford. Samford Bulldogs traveling to Moorhead, Kentucky to take on Moorhead State. And this this one comes down to me, doesn't it? All right. I like the Road Bulldogs out of Samford to go into Kentucky and start the season 1-0. Give me Samford in that game. Okay. With the, with the very little <laughs> I know about these teams, I – I kind of wanted Samford as well, but I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess I'm stuck with Morehead. Oh man, the people in Kentucky rejoice! Oh Al, give the people your address; they'll be sending you gear left and right. Oh, he went with the home team. Oh, endearing himself to the folks below the Mason-Dixon line. Oh, what a pick! <laughs> All right, so we only really delineated twice there. All right, well, you know, we'll have, you know, we'll be keyed into those games and. And as we said, I kind of made the slate this week, kind of looking at our top 25 and our big matchups. Al will have the uh, pleasure of picking those games for next week. But as for that, I think that'll do it for our first episode of the Corner 3 Pod. Um, we're going to try and do this every Sunday of this week. I know Al's a busy guy in his, in his victory lap over there at Ohio State. So we'll, 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 we'll try and get this done on a weekly basis. And I hope you tune in. hope you liked it. And uh, that's all we got for you. Have a good one. Jumper from Moore. Oh, yes! Oh, I just, wow!